Hi guys, this is Doug, and you're listening to What's the Hazard. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Fallowich Construction Services, Custom Concrete Specialists, WorkSafe Consulting, the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, and our latest sponsor, Make You Safe. Thank you one and all for your support. I sincerely appreciate it. Now let's get to today's episode. It is March 31st, the last day of March, I think. I got up this morning, 65 degrees and sunny, and I turned on the news, and it's a first alert weather day. Apparently, this afternoon, we're having a snowstorm or something. So High winds. High winds. Okay. That means the snowstorm is being blown our direction, apparently, or something. Crazy. I don't know. My wife said, you can wear shorts today. Well, it depends on who you listen to, because I heard snow from one forecaster, and then I heard you know, we're too, we're too far South for that, but you never know. You never know. It's their best guess. It is their best guess. Yeah. Absolutely. I think we all missed the boat on the jobs. Cause I mean, in safety, <laughs> you can't be wrong. Right. Uh, Cause people's lives are in. Right. Stake. And in the but, weather, you know, weather forecasting business, you can't be right. They, yeah, they can't be right. <laughs> they miss the call all the time. And you know, that's a great point, man. We get paid much less to be, have to be much more certain. Exactly. Anyway. Hey, welcome everybody. I hope you've had a great week. Um, I'm really excited about today's episode. I was actually smiling on my drive-in this morning. I, I had been looking forward to this. We we have a special sponsor, the ASSP, Great Plains Chapter, mm-hmm. the American Society of Safety Professionals. For those of you that are old, it used to be the engineers, but we ditched the engineers and just... And I, it still comes out every once in a while for me, ASSE. I, I've heard you say yeah, that a few yeah, times, John. So My guest today, fantastic, my guest today... John Hauser, who is the president of the Great Plains chapter. Yes, for another few months. For a few more months. <laughs> Do we have a president-elect? Uh, or are we in the The in election the will be this April. So April meeting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we are, and uh, what's your name again? And uh, <laughs> my dear friend, you know, I'm kidding. My dear friend, Rob Lucky, we have known each other for a long time. We've been doing this for quite a long time together, even though you allege to be much younger than me. I don't know how that works. I started early. Yeah, you started very young. That's right. <laughs> um, Rob is the uh, senior sales manager, regional sales, sales manager. manager. You've been with Fall Tech now. Coming up on 10 years. 10 years. I noticed it's interesting because the year that I left OSHA was the year that you went to Fall Tech. Yep. I don't know if that had something to do with it. Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, I was with Miller for 15 years. You've been years. with Miller for quite a long time. I mean, at, you are a mainstay in the re- this area safety community, man. We've been coming to you for fall protection information for a long time. So, yep. so we are here to promote the ASSP. Um, you've been a member of ASSP for fifty years. Well, or not yet. I, I don't know that I'll survive that long. But <laughs> it's been it's been forty one about forty two years. Forty two years, yeah. amazing. Yeah. And this a very active chapter. Um, I've been in and out of the ASSP over the years. So when I was with OSHA, I would come and speak to the ASSP group pretty regularly. It was ASSE at the time. Um, and then I've been a member, not a member, been a member. I'm going to be a member again. And I think we, we're going to talk about ASSP, the chapter, the organization right. as a whole, its mission, what we do. Uh, what, but the website is fantastic. Right. I was on the website this morning. If you are not a member of ASSP, I, I strongly encourage you. And even if you're not in the Great Plains area, find your local chapter the website is fantastic. Uh, the resources that are available on the website, fantastic. Uh, the quality of people in the group, fantastic. <laughs> no, I, I mean this yeah, in all yeah. seriousness, man. It, it looks 
I'm a huge believer in network. Um, and that is the only way that I've survived as a right. safety professional, as a consultant, is the network. I agree. Um, one of the things that I've done over the years, and I, I really stuck with it because it's the networking, it's it's finding people that are willing to give you information, advice. And I, I like learning. I, I find one of the most exciting things is when we uh, have other other people come. And I, I've been to s- several of your presentations when you came. Sorry. Uh, came. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's great to learn. And plus, you, you, you get to know people that are doing stuff, not only on the enforcement side. So it's it was great because, you know, you could ask questions and it wasn't like everybody's always afraid to Sure. Ask OSHA questions. And from that, I learned, you know, I, I was able to call and say, hey, we have this thing going on. What do you think? Uh, I, I've got all kinds of people in the network and uh, that I can do that with. And it's great. Um, and that's one of the main reasons I've also stuck with it, because every time I go somewhere, every time I go to a meeting, I pick something else up. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, Rob came and did a presentation last month on uh, the new standards for fall protection. And and, you know, it, it's not something that I deal with daily, but it's nice to know because every once in a while you get absolutely some, something comes up and you at least know who to contact. Right. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Rob came in. He was gracious enough between trips to wherever you go where there's obviously sunshine. Um, Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> Duluth, most recently. <laughs> Sunny in Duluth, I've heard. 24 inches of snow when I landed. Oh, my God. And then they had another 20 inches. Yeah, oh they, they're God. just being bombarded up there. So the fall snow. protection then is just to keep from suffocating or engulfment in snow up there, probably. More confined space. Exactly. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you are going to talk about these new ANSI standards related to fall protection. Give yeah. us a, just a little insight into that. One of the reasons we also brought you along today was just as kind of a teaser because, as you said, you came and spoke to the ASP, ASSP chapter last right. month and did a review of this new information in, in more detail than we'll have time for today. And so, so this the, is part of the, yeah. the appeal of, yeah. the, exactly. of the chapter. And this next month's meeting will be virtual. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a presentation on uh, the CSP ASP study courses. Oh, nice. Uh, so uh, that's those are great steps to take if you want to uh, advance your career Absolutely. and uh, it'll be virtual information's on our website it's greatplains.assp.org and there's no space in between great plains okay fantastic and, Let's say that one more time greatplains.assp.org okay fantastic that's the website that's the website and the event information's there and you can register there okay too, so. i know that i have just googled ASSP Great Plains, and it'll mm-hmm. get me to the website. And yep. as I said, the website is fantastic. And I have, I've been referring people to the organization and the website for quite a long time because the job postings are fantastic. It's another service that you they do provide a great. Yeah. That's a great service. Yeah. And you guys do a really good job yeah. with that. And it's it's not a good for the the companies to find qualified people, but it's great for somebody that's looking for advancement or just needs a change. So absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I do like that. So. Let's talk just a little bit about the organization. Um, it's a this is a global entity, right? The, the chap- ASSP is huge. The chapters all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they're based out of Chicago, Illinois. Okay, but they do have chapters all over the world. So, and what is what does the Great Plains chapter entail? Who, who is part of that? So, our region, our territory. You can join any chapter. So, if, for example, you you work here and. Most of your business is in another part of the country. You can join one of the local chapters there. Um, our region covers all of the state of Nebraska, so we have a little large territory there. And the western uh, the western two-thirds tiers of county in Iowa. So okay. we don't go as far as Des Moines, but just the two counties in the western part of okay. Iowa. So. Which is 
pretty popular. And if you're not sure which, uh, if you're listening, you're not sure what chapter you belong to, you can go to the ASSP website and just say you want to want to be a member, and they'll they'll hook you up with the right chapter. Okay, so do you need to then? So th- for those of us that are going to join, and I'm assuming that's all the listeners. So those of us that are going to join, um, do you join the national first, and then? The affiliate local chapter, or how does that work? So you have to be, you have to join the national. I think right now the dues are one hundred and eighty dollars. Okay, for uh, a year. For a year, oh, and then nice. and then the chapter dues are, I want to say, twenty five dollars per year. Okay, and uh, and that I think that depends on which chapter. Our, I think ours are twenty five dollars a year. I haven't joined for a while, so you know. But I, I do <laughs> As renew. An officer. Yeah, I do renew, and it's just all bundled into one. I yeah. see. I yeah. see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and I'm, so, how many members are we talking about in this? I want to, you know, last time I looked, I want to say it's 140 to 150. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's a great size. It card. is. It is. Um, and uh, it's nice that we've been able to do some stuff virtually because, you know, our meetings for the most part have been in Omaha. At one time they had a chap, a section in Lincoln, but our meetings have been in Omaha. And, uh, you know, it's hard for people. We have members out, out Western Nebraska, Grand Island, North, North Platte and Scotts Bluff, and it's hard for them to attend it is. meetings. So the virtual option, which uh, COVID kind of forced us yeah, to do right. that. So it yeah. uh, has been great. That, that is terrific. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would agree with that. I've, I've always uh, felt, I don't know, I'm sorry, that's not right, but it, it's always been difficult for people that, that are out outliers or they're out West to be participants in these right. kind of things. And I've always felt bad for them. Some of those local communities have attempted to have their own little safety right. and health councils, but they just don't get the quality of speakers and the the variety of speakers and those types of things. Exactly. So having that option to attend virtually or come into Omaha periodically, if they're able. Right. I still want to put a push in for the, the, the live events, the in-person, because Definitely. that's where you really get to do the Facebook by face and, and you get to know people, you know, other than a little square on a zoom screen or something. Right. So. Yeah. That's an important part yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. I, I, we all had to do that virtual thing for a while. Oh yeah. I didn't love it. I am a face-to-face person. I, I much prefer that. Um, and so it's nice that both options exist at this point. You can come in and attend when you're able. You can do the virtual and still get the information if you're not able. So having that that uh, mix or whatever you right. call that, uh, the hybrid yes, type yep, of meeting yep. opportunity is really good. Mm-hmm. I think that's terrific. So just give me an idea of some of the topics that we've covered, if you can recall, over the last year anything interesting that really resonated with you that you thought was oh, really you're putting me on the spot i know it's on, so <laughs> but i know there's always but, i mean we there's had, always an osha component right. i know that we there's always someone talking about osha right there's we, a lot of legal people that you have attorneys coming in talking about legal workers, aspects workers comp stuff we've also had um you know even though we're not in hygiene we kind of work hand in hand with local uh AIHA that's chapter. right mm-hmm. and um uh, they sometimes invite us to their meetings. Mm-hmm. We invite them to ours. So there's those types of things, but we've had topics on, uh, in, uh, on ergonomics. You, you know, one of my favorite things, and we're, we've got one coming up in June are the plant tours. Oh, yeah. I going out in the field. I remember, uh, in the days, um, I'm dating myself, Western electric, which is my father worked for Western yeah, electric. <laughs> we had, a, we, I, I, they had two tours over the years there and it was just amazing operation. They it was an great, amazing plan. Great mm-hmm. safety safety uh, uh group and mm-hmm. uh really serious and dedicated to making sure that everything yeah. was right so um, yeah that was one plant tours are awesome yeah i still i've been in hundreds of facilities and i still love plant tours yep, yep. It that's gets really you, interesting it gets you out and you start seeing 
how other what challenges other people have and mm-hmm. and how they've solved them too so that's right. the other thing that's we're not alone sometimes you feel isolated as a safety person exactly particularly if you're a facility safety person you think i'm the only one that has to deal with this insanity yeah and then these give these opportunities let you realize that you're not alone and that's right. why the network is so important yep. and i mean several years ago um, the hospital safety officers because i'm at the med center and I don't have much to do with the hospital now I'm on the university side but the hospital safety officers formed kind of a group so we could get together share information about policies and other things and and that was great too that networking you just can't uh, you just can't uh, you cannot yeah. put a dollar exactly. amount on how valuable that exactly. is exactly so I find um, I share whatever I can uh, and others do the same thing so mm-hmm. so yes and so you're actually a member I am. Of the ASSP. Mm-hmm. And, but are you a member of like, I know you travel all over the country, man. So are you a member of different chapters or are you an affiliate with the Great Plains chapter? Or what's your... We are becoming part of the Great Plains. Nice. But you've just been a national... National member. Because I've spoken at the national I was gonna uh, say, yeah. conference before. Right. Uh, the um, Hawkeye chapter over in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Quad City chapter. Um kansas chapter i mean yeah all over but you've been doing this for so long man. everybody knows you everybody oh, yeah. knows who you are so um do you select your chapter memberships based on like location of golf courses or how is it exactly <laughs> i try to <laughs> so, uh, first what is your I, territory well it's funny you say that because <laughs> i asked john during the presentation there i said so when is the uh, assp great plains uh golf outing and doris is like we need to do that. And right. I, I, when we left there, I didn't get home and I already had an email. We're looking at a golf tournament. Let's vote on this. And I, <laughs> right. So I haven't even joined their group yet. And I'm already starting. You're to, probably coordinating yeah. this, I'm, right? I'm You're going to be to, the ambassador. Yeah. I'm trying to stir that up a little so bit. Just remember, it's an outing. It's not a tournament because we don't want to have winners and losers. Just have fun. Right. Okay. John, we, we'll talk about that off. <laughs> right. After this session. Everybody can get a participation ribbon, but <laughs> damn it, there's going to be a winner. Exactly. <laughs> and it's going to be me, right? I mean, I've already got my scorecard filled out. I well, told, yeah. Absolutely, man. But again, yeah. I mean, it's a networking opportunity. Those types of events where you are, you actually, you let your guard down a little bit. It's almost like the luncheons mm-hmm. where you, you're not at work. I think meetings that take place in the work environment are different than meetings that take place at a neutral location or out on the golf course, and you really get to know people better. Yes. Those are unique opportunities, in the, particularly in this day and age of virtual meetings and things. So I think those are really invaluable, and I, I love doing that. It's stuff. a lot more relaxed. People yeah, let their guard down a little bit, and they just out there to have some fun. You get to know them exactly. better. And it's funny because one of my counterparts who worked with me uh, at Miller now works with me at Faltech, um, he's on LinkedIn, LinkedIn all the time, and – I don't know. He's down in Louisiana. And so uh, their ASSP chapter down there, I don't know what they're doing, if they're stronger. But every time he uh, posts, he's either at a golf outing. <laughs> An ASSP uh, event exactly, of some sort. A, a, a trap shoot, a fishing event, yeah. a chili cook-off, or a barbecue. Nice. And I was like, so do we work at all? Or <laughs> All great things. Yeah, he's, he just networks professionally. He, he does very well with them. And, uh, and he's not a golfer, but loves the trap shooting but he's a, an amazing cook and so he's always involved yeah. in the barbecue and yeah. but and that's something again down south the weather down there obviously 
little more conducive. We have quite a few months that a little more conducive to golf outings. Exactly. Other than the two months a year we get to go golfing. We could have a snow shoveling event. By the way, I don't golf, and that's for the safety of others. Because (laughs) when I hit balls back in high school, they go this way behind me everywhere else. And so I just don't golf for the safety of others. But you can drive a cart. I drive a cart, and I can fetch uh, beverages for people right too. So, yeah. yeah absolutely everybody can everybody so, can participate so yeah I, I volunteered to be one of the helpers well this is interesting because you know i have a new friend a, a guy that i met at a conference in des moines maybe six months to a year ago pete suska and he is a an operational excellence safety consultant process consultant out in connecticut and he wrote a series of articles for the connecticut chapter of the assp that were really fascinating. I mean, and and so he and I have been doing podcast episodes periodically discussing some of the information he put in these articles about, you know, this is more than just about safety when we're really honing in on culture and process and these things. Sometimes safety issues manifest themselves as the problem, but it's about more than it's about the process. It's exactly. about the company and culture. And I would love to, I'm not, I'm not put on you on oh, the no. spot, but that's what, kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. It is my intention to get him to Omaha sometime this summer, probably on my dime, which is fine, and get him in front of a number of different audiences, and the local ASSP chapter would be a great one if we can coordinate that, because I'd love to get him in front of some of my colleagues and some of my clients, but, you know, this the ASSP, I'm I'm sure that you guys do interact, you interact to some degree with some of the other chapters periodically. Oh, yeah. As you mentioned, the AIHA, that's how I got involved. I was in the AIHA here. And then we kind of merged or coalesced or something. Well, they did some they did some joint stuff together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so, great. Yeah, it was great. I didn't like safety people till I started hanging out with you guys. Well, you know, we put on pants the same way <laughs> right. you do. Like, same way IHs do. <laughs> I'll bet you don't. <laughs> you ever met any IHs? No, they don't put their pants on the same way normal people do. That's fantastic. So, what do we got coming up? What do we have? Uh, so, anything? So we have the uh, we have that meeting. Uh, the prep. The prep meeting discussion, and then in uh, May, uh, Doris Burns has uh, arranged the ASTM committee members to talk about uh, flash uh, protection, mm-hmm. uh, arch arch flash, and those types of things, and and the clothing, the PPEs oh, associated nice. with that. So that's it, a really interesting topic. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot that goes into that arc flash, uh, FR. Yep. There are different ratings for different applications, and it's much more complicated than exactly people give it's it not credit. Not just putting a Put on some a, clothing with a sticker on it that says, right. yeah, because you, you need to know what the person's doing and, exactly. and how much the potential is there for That'll yeah. be interesting. So, yeah. Well, and, and then, of course, in June, we have that plant tour of, um, I'm trying to, uh, Kloss. Kloss. Oh, that's a beautiful plant. Yeah. It is. A really interesting yeah. plant. They're one of my clients, and that is an interesting facility. Yep. Oh, this so. is fantastic. And so let's talk a little bit about this fall protection stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what stuff do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, as you guys had mentioned, ANSI, there's some new ANSI standards that are coming out that will right. either take effect or uh, so, I don't know what you, I don't know how you refer to an ANSI standard. Do they take effect or they go into effect? They go into effect in August or something, right? And they're the, changing some things. It's actually, so the, the, this is for SRLs. This is the first time the, a major okay. So change. for people that don't know what that is, Cut, give me uh, those acronyms. Um, self-retracting lifeline, retractables, okay. retractables, yo-yos, yes, um, uh, blocks, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call them, and um, and so uh, you know 
really what this is going to is kind of we're trying to categorize how SRLs are used. Okay. And uh, one of the biggest things, and especially in the construction world nowadays, is leading edge. Mm-hmm. And big deal. And uh, a lot of our companies, probably ninety nine percent of our companies, uh, we have a lot of misuse with our retractables. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, fall protection in general. And just like when I started all my meetings, you know, I talk about fall protection. Nobody likes this stuff. You know, I work for an industry that you know. People don't like safety people, but, you know, then they really hate the fall protection <laughs> right. guy. <laughs> right. You know, you know, and I, I always tell people, that, you know, if you ever talk to somebody, say, who likes water fall protection, somebody raises their hand. I always make the comment and joke about, well, that's why we have drug testing. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. no exactly. normal person likes to wear this sure. stuff. And, yeah. uh, unless we have an incident where somebody would fall and right uh, and then it they're, saves them. they're incredibly grateful that they were. Then yeah. they become our best advertising. Exactly. Absolutely. And so. But with the SRLs, so it's Z359 years ago used to be Z359.1. And that really encompassed fall protection. Okay. And now the ANSI committee, which is made up of safety professionals, uh, manufacturing uh, safety professionals, uh, and even insurance uh, safety professionals, and they all come together. And then when they write these specs, uh, a lot of times end users, when we start talking about the new products coming out, the new standards, we get the comments, oh, manufacturers are just doing this to sell us new stuff sure which is completely wrong right um it's a benefit but it's completely wrong sure it, it's fall protection just like safety in general is an evolution it's just continuously uh, it's continuously improving yeah and years ago back in the 70s uh, you guys probably remember the 70s better than i did <laughs> i remember the 70s uh, uh, john i had to throw that one out at you yeah well, you know when 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 osha was actually born or created you know fall protection wasn't anything Actually, Bob Miller is one of the ones that started fall protection, and it was a belt and a rope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we've gone to harnesses and lanyards, and now we're still seeing fall clearances. People still hitting the ground mm-hmm. when they're connected with the six-foot lanyard. And so a lot of people have gone to SRLs or SRLPs, which is for personal. Okay. And so what we're doing with the dot fourteen, which if you ever go onto the ANSI website or look up ANSI uh, for fall protection, Z359, and then it will be dot one through dot 18 and it has different classifications under the dot 14 that's srls now and so the new three classifications that we're really honing in on is we're going away from the le which stands for lean edge and you may have heard in the past class a and class b Mm -hmm, for fall mm -hmm. protection well that all that has to do with is class a and class b is for overhead use only and in a manufacturing plant like Kloss, overhead is really pretty easy to do with the mm-hmm. beams and the structures they have. Mm-hmm. But when we get into construction sites, half the time they're tying off behind them on the deck or right at their feet. At their feet, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. a leading edge really comes into play. I gotcha. And so. And what is the concern about leading edge work for people that are maybe not familiar with that? So leading edge is where that where that cable can come in contact with that edge. Exactly. And so we'll, as a manufacturer, we actually, the test we have to do, actually we have to use a 0.005 uh, piece of steel. It's a, basically a, a shave you can shave with it. It's like a razor blade, yeah. man. Like like Doug yeah. didn't use to. Be. <laughs> well, this is like three months worth of work, baby. See so. how it is. <laughs> Don't disparage the beard. And so when we do that test, we actually will drop and it will swing for two minutes, uh, back and forth. Oh, that's still okay. cable, and then they do a static pull on it, and that cable cannot snap. Interesting. And so uh, one of the stories I always tell: there's 
various stories across the country, but and I'm sure both of you will remember this. I, I, I still tell everybody Leading Edge was really created here in Omaha mm-hmm. when we were building the Quest Center the Quest or Center. the oh, CHI yeah. or whatever the name of the, of the <laughs> facility is. I don't is know that. what it is now. <laughs> exactly. But. but the big thing was, I don't know if you remember, there was a gentleman working for a steel erector company, and he was bumped, and he fell off, and then his cable came in contact with the steel, and he swung, and then it snapped. Mm-hmm. Well, at that time, everybody was using standard retractables. Mm-hmm. 316th cable and so it basically sliced that cable and he fell and unfortunately the gentleman became a quadriplegic uh when all that he fell like 28 feet to the ground yeah i remember that i was with osha at the time exactly you were and if you remember uh he luckily he survived that um unfortunately became a quadriplegic yeah but the one thing is he was only inches away from uh pipes coming up Mm -hmm. and electrical work that you know could have been bundles of rebar and piping and stuff that were sticking up out of the ground. And he fell between a couple of these different, exactly. It was horrifying. And so when all this went to court, um, basically the long and the short was the, an engineer from this manufacturer was asked, is this a, an issue in the construction world? And they said, yeah, nobody has really addressed it at this time. And I believe the gentleman's worth $22 million. And so he told uh, the engineer, we'll give you 22 million reasons to start doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's when uh, we really started looking at leading edge. And there are a lot of manufacturers out there. Um, give you here, Here's one of your quizzes for the day. Any idea here in the U.S. how many fall protection companies there are companies that are selling fall protection as manufacturers here in the U.S.? You mean that's manufactured here in the U.S.? Well, right? not manufactured oh. in the U.S., but selling in the u.s i have no and idea. I, I know and i didn't remember i didn't know there was going to be a quiz you weren't taking notes <laughs> i don't have i don't have any idea <laughs> so believe it or not there's 74 fall protection companies that selling were, fall protection in yeah. the united states and so we were at fall tech one of the things i'm extremely proud of is we're a very transparent company and so we manufacture in, in the here in the u.s I'm still trying to get management to see my sense of humor because I really want. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I, exactly. Well, you've known me all this long. Yeah, I've known and, you and, too and, long for and, that. And you still say friends. So, um, but one of the things is we're manufactured in Compton, California. Mm-hmm. So I really want t-shirts saying Faltex straight out of Compton. <laughs> yeah. And so. And then, I love that. And there, But it's funny. Uh, I was just at a, at doing this train for a group. And one of the, in fact, actually, Kelvin was the one who uh-huh. brought this up. Uh, Calvin Thurman, and he was like, well, you know, are you going to get it in red or blue? Because you got the two big gangs oh out God, there. Yeah. I said, we're going to have three gangs now. You're going to have the red, the blue, and the high-vis. Right. We'll be the, we'll be the high-vis. The high-vis yellow. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. And so, but out there, there's roughly 74 fall protection companies that have come in. There's only about four or five that are actually manufactured here in the U.S., and some of the larger ones are now starting to move their stuff down to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so for Faltech, it's 85% of it's manufactured. It's all engineered uh, and um, assembled here in the U.S., mm-hmm. which is huge. That is cool. And um, where some of our a lot of the stuff is coming in from China, Taiwan, mm-hmm. overseas. And if there's a recall or an issue, uh, these companies that are saying that they're fall protection manufacturers are just actually wholesalers or private mm-hmm. labels. So yeah. we always say that buyers beware. Mm-hmm. Is really- and how many of those companies are actually providing leading it? So the new categories, this new ANSI will recategorize Yep. the, the leading edge. Um, the dot 14. Tested. Yep. Versus the overhead 
and they are distinguished, right? They're different. So what we've done is class A and class B is actually going away. Okay. Because that's always only been overhead. I remember that. And that just had to do with what the payout was. Like class A is 24 inches out of the housing. Right. And then uh, class B is 54 inches. 54. Okay. And so that's all going away. Now it's 42 across the board. 42 inches. Yes, sir. And now we're going to um, class one, class two. Okay. And class one, the easiest way to remember class one is up. And class one is up. Yep. So and overhead. It's basically you can connect to your uh, dorsal D ring in the back and it's above you. It's got to be above your head. Yep. Or above your D ring. Above your D ring. Yes. Okay. And then class two is the same as class one, but all the way down to foot level. Oh, okay. So basically, uh, especially in the construction world, what we see is almost all construction people will be using class two because. Mm-hmm. And so why does class one exist? I mean, why do we even have a class one? Why do we yeah. allow for that confusion? Is it a, it's different material, I'm assuming, so that it, it, it doesn't necessarily meet that cut test. Correct. That shear test, whatever that one is for class two. Is it then lighter or is it, um, can you, can you get more payout if you need longer or why, why do we even have two different well, class classes? one? So when you look at, a lot of manufacturing facilities, and I'll, keep, uh, I'll just use cloth since we were, that's mm-hmm. the next tour, mm-hmm. is they have all the beams and structures above them. Mm-hmm. And so their workers have really a controlled. It'll always in, be overhead. Con- controlled environment yeah, is what we like to say. And where with construction, every minute of their day changes. Right. And so the biggest confusion is right now, a lot of manufa- or a lot of construction companies out there may have a mix of leading edge units and basically overhead units. Mm-hmm. And if all of a sudden you call up one of your workers and say, Hey, I need you on this job site. And they come in and grab a retractable and they connect overhead. Perfect. Then in the afternoon they're going out and they're tying off at the deck and they have that leading edge potential. Well, now they're in compliance and most of our workers, you know, if you're that really good safety person that your people will follow everything you say, would come back to the shop and get what you need. They need, right. but most of them won't. Never you know, happened, no. I'm not. I don't plan on falling. The so shortcut. Yeah, it's right. not going to happen to me. Not exactly. Happen. Yeah, totally. And so, and the other big thing so, is, I'm sorry to, to, to answer the re, the other big thing is the class two will be a little bit heavier in the cables. Okay, this because is... we use a 730 seconds cable, okay. which is thicker and a little more um, abrasion resistance for that class two test. Okay. Class one will still be a 316 is what we've historically used. Gotcha. Understood. Yeah. So, so what you're saying then is most construction companies will need to buy class two so that there's no decision-making. Yep. I don't want the employee to have to decide this is a class one, this is a class two activity. Exactly. But if you go into a facility like class where we're going to anchor this permanently and then you're just going to retrieve it when you need it, you can put class ones in there yep. because it's there's no chance for the employee to make a mistake. Yep. I, I love that. Okay, I yep. get it. Cheap insurance. Yeah, that makes sense yep. to just me. Just trying to. That makes sense to me. Again, it's just kind of the evolution um, of fall protection that it's actually, we're trying to take the guesswork out absolutely and, and believe it or not one of the new tests out there uh one of the jobs i, I think i'm overqualified for is uh, the misuse test is <laughs> uh one of the things that really is neat out at our plant 
there's only uh, four other manufacturers here in the U.S. that actually have this facility, but it's at what we call 17025 Test Lab. And every, and I say always, all every male has that eight-year-old mentality, you know, right. and, and I know your wife, Doug. And, yeah. and so uh-huh. she's, a, she, I've heard her say many times, Doug, grow up. Elementary and, school teacher. So. Exactly. And that's never <laughs> going to happen. But it's funny with the safety professionals, with the construction professionals that we deal with, some of them can have mashers and PhDs and all that. Um, one of our engineers who designed our new retractable said, oh, we should put almost indestructible on our housing. Then all of a sudden you get this very logical, smart person going, hmm, that's a challenge. And, and, <laughs> right. and, and construction people just love to beat up. They love a the challenge, man. Exactly. Oh, this isn't going to do what it says. No and doubt. so we actually have two guys that every day when they wake up, they, like you were smiling coming in today. That's what they do. They, they get to go into this lab every day, and they get to do all the ANSI testing. Try to destroy your equipment. They, exactly. And That's they get, awesome. Yeah. And they get paid to do that. And they get paid and they for get it. Paid. <laughs> that is fantastic. Heck, I would probably do it for free. Yeah, it sounds I, I, like fun. I, I don't want my boss to know that yeah. now. Um, but no. It does uh, sound. It's and, pretty impressive, though, man. I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. That's, that's well, important work. That's good. And the important thing is what I always recommend is, with, with, there's a lot of great manufacturing companies out there, but with fall protection, especially, you know, there's so many uh, safety products out there. And like with ASSP, one reason we're associated with ASSP is because, you know, most of us, and as long as I've been doing this, uh, people actually consider me a safety professional like mm-hmm. you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but the John. Okay, let, just humor, just humor. Oh, no, I'm, we're with you totally, man. But you, you know this stuff better than but yet you both of us calling. combined. And uh, but no, we fun, keep calling. But no what's funny is, so I tell everybody, I know fall protection pretty much inside and out. Mm-hmm. You just made the comment, you know very little about right. it. And so, like with the associations of ASSP, we're we're the kind of company that helps guide through uh, that part of safety. Yeah, right. and right. and same with you know some of my counterparts that do the arc flash mm-hmm. right. there are a lot of things you cannot be an expert in right. everything and i tell everybody if you ever want to go to sleep quick to start reading the 1910 or 1926 and <laughs> yeah you well, won't need ambient if you do that exactly i say one of the things i learned from his presentation is you can't pull the you can't do one of the self-retractings and tie it off so that you have access to it later on because that can cause problems with a memory or some others is that not true yeah exactly mm-hmm. and so We've all driven by um, like co-ops or uh, even the concrete plants where they have that rail by for where they're loading and unloading rail cars. Right. And they'll have the retractables there. And some of the guys will pull out the cable and take the snap hook, hook it to their ladder. And now that cable is exposed, one, to the weather. And two, the spring itself is elongated, so it can develop a memory over time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. And so... Most manufacturers, all like for Faltech, we always give you a tag, what we call mm-hmm. a tag line. And so that retractable can go back up there, close, and then you just pull it down, drop the rope to the mm-hmm. your feet, and then you connect. But, you know, guys especially will connect that there. And right. eventually, one of these days, you're going to disconnect it from the ladder, and it's just going to swing. Mm-hmm. It would still lock up, but it's not going to retract mm-hmm. the way it should. That's an interesting point, and I'm sure that there are a lot of those things that we could talk about because I, I see that all the time and I probably learned it from you many years ago that you can't leave them stored out. You have to retrieve, you, know, you know, rewind it back into the housing and then retrieve it with the line. And so mm-hmm. I've made a lot of hay off of that, man. 
You yeah, know, yeah, they think he, I know what I'm talking about when yeah. I tell you can't do that. And yeah, they will, he's the one who's always broke. Yeah. They, they will take it. They'll pull it out. They'll wrap it around the top rail of a guardrail, then reconnect it to the cable. And yeah. I'm just, yeah. can't do that. And I see yeah. that a lot. Exactly. So one of the things that I think what you two are somewhat alluding to is that where are you going to get this information if you don't belong to a networking organization that is about information? I mean, there are a lot of networking organizations that are just sales things. I've been to a yeah. few of those and I go once and no, thank you. Mm-hmm. People well, are trying to sell you shit, but where you can go somewhere you can and read you can the get standards, you can get, but you won't get, I mean, yeah, the words you're and, not going to find this in the OSHA regulations, right? If until it's adopted. And then even then, yeah. but one of the things that I love about the ASSP is you get, I mean, Doris is always sending out legislative updates. Yeah. You're bringing in speakers to introduce these standard changes mm-hmm. and updates and they're changing all the time you know and, and they're all out of sync so it's not like once every three years everything changes all of these different topics and areas are, are changing continuously right. so in the absence of a group how are you going to be aware i didn't know about it when john said we could talk about the new ANSIs. i'm like the new what <laughs> you know i didn't know that they were yep. changing so for me this has been you know it's a great benefit yeah, and that's so. one of the, the benefits of uh, joining the chapter is it makes safety professionals better because they, it gives them information they need they may not need it today but i guarantee you sometime down the road right they, they'll say i remember that who can i call and talk to exactly so well what else? i know that the chapter does other things our friend beth Fi, who's been part of the chapter for a long time at one time was kind of like the, the scholarship chairman. Right. There are scholarships and stuff that you guys are doing and so, all sorts of different things. Yeah. And those now are, have gone to national. We have one scholarship and it's actually gone past, but we had $10,000, a little over $10,000 in our account. National who manages that for us said it has to be at least $25,000 for us to continue management. So um, it's now gone back to the national, but anybody can apply for those scholarships. Mm-hmm. And are um, they specifically to study a safety-related topic, or what are they for? It could be to to complete a degree in 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 safety and health. I think Doris Burns used it for getting equipment to do. She did a big her doctoral mm-hmm, thesis mm-hmm. on gloves, and uh, she she was able to get some equipment with one of the scholarships. Nice, yeah, so. those are tremendous. I mean, just giving back to the community yep. in some fashion. I love that um, activities, events information it seems like there's quite a bit going on right golf well, now yeah thank you golf outings yeah great fundraiser well yeah. we, have, we haven't got to set the date yet but yeah it's <laughs> doors it's coming doors is, and and i love omaha on. country club let's do it there <laughs> uh, you know that's a fun place john can you make that happen i'm just the president <laughs> <laughs> awesome and so what else has been going on um I didn't mention at the beginning that you are a safety manager yourself. You have other responsibilities other than just being the president of the ASSP. Right, right. Uh, so, medical center, university. Right. And I just uh, about a year and a half ago resigned as the chair of the LEPC, the Local Emergency oh, yeah. Planning Committee. Um, I I had been on the committee since the start, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I don't know, uh, 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and For uh, people that don't know what an LEPC is is can you just give us a quick what's the mission of the LEP sure it's it's a group of people in the community or area that get together to make sure that the community has uh, the plans the resources to address uh, hazardous material spills it was really uh, put together after the Bhopal India uh, mm-hmm. deal so that they 
they want to make sure that people are prepared. So uh, employees have a right to know, community has a right to know what hazards are in a workplace. And so that's one of the things that uh, we work with the Omaha Fire Hazmat. Uh, they were on the committee. We had uh, law enforcement. We had some members of uh, some of the communities. I Beth, I think, was on it for a while, had representation. Um, so we want to educate people uh, in the community, at least educate our committee members and review plans to make sure we have things in place to address those types of events. So, mm-hmm. so this is why this is, this is the EPA's right to know what right. chemicals are being stored across the street from your house, right, right. those kind of things. So the LEPC is the, uh, some those tier twos and things that companies are filling out that are giving a list of their chemicals right. on site or they go to the state being the shared state, with the LEPC. Yeah, the, they go to the state and the state has a repository and they share those with, not only the local fire department, but, you know, originally when it came out, it said that companies need to provide uh, safety data sheets for all the hazardous materials in their, in their, uh, in their facility. Well, the problem with that is no fire department has the staffing and resources to do that or handle it. So they, they, they more were looking at groups and uh, you know, now with computers and stuff, it's, it's great because there's all kinds of programs that uh, you can get uh, and, and they have gotten through the federal government that will actually uh, do air plumes and, to help mm-hmm. look at evacuation zones mm-hmm. and those types of things. So the risk management planning and yep. all of those exactly. evacuation exactly. protocols and yep. things. Interesting stuff, yep. man. So, yeah. And I, so you're off now? You're... I'm off. I, I retired. I, I have, uh, let's say I petered out. I've given, I gave them all I could. Good? And, yeah. So, well, you've given quite a bit, so, man. Yeah. If you've been doing the ASSP, the LEPC, full-time employment, all of those other right. things. And then, um, some people may not know what OMERS is. Mm-hmm. OMERS is the Omaha Medical uh, Metropolitan Response System. And so before 9-11, uh, we uh, were getting together uh, with uh, law enforcement, police, the hospitals, um, because the hospitals, we, we thought we weren't prepared and we, we truly weren't for something that could mm-hmm. happen. So it was really to get a group together to plan on what what we need to do or what we need to put together in the community to respond to those types of events. Mm-hmm. And so I was, uh, I was as re- first receivers. I mean, you are the people that are going to be receiving right. these people that have been involved in an event, perhaps right. contaminated so, possibly. So, and the other is just even, even a mass casualty. I, you may recall there was a, uh, a bus of high school kids when they were reconstructing Dodge streetway out West, oh, it yeah. went over the rail and down. Uh, so some of the stuff that we did to prepare for mass casualty events, helped coordinate the response with that. You know, there are still kids that died and the driver died, I think too, but it helps facilitate and make things smoother. So in the old days, a lot of times they just, they'd load people up, take them to the nearest hospital. Right. Well, you can overwhelm a hospital oh, very easily. Easily. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of stuff that, that went on with uh, various groups and we learned a lot. Matter of fact, when Katrina happened, I know mm-hmm. I heard, heard you talk about Katrina mm-hmm. and one of your broadcasts, Omers uh, actually went into play with the city because the, the government was flying people to various cities uh, to move them out of the zone for a while. Mm-hmm. It was not only people, but their pets. So we, we worked with uh, Douglas County Emergency Management and the other group and OMERS, and we set up. So we actually had a response and communication center as that plane was coming in. So we had people at the airport to evaluate them, to make sure they were in good shape, and then turf them off to other places and make sure they had places for their pets. Because that was the one thing they found is, People didn't want to evacuate if they had to leave their pets. I, I can imagine. So yeah. Um, so, so that, it goes where I go. Yep. So we had. I think we had at least we had at least 
Chuck. Uh, I have a picture. I'll show you. Okay. We had at least uh, two planes that came, uh, came in uh, with people. With pets. And there were people and their pets. Yep. That's Families fantastic. And their pets, so. So, you have yeah. really given a lot to this, man. It's It's been fun. Good for you. It's been fun. It, it's uh, coming to an end here, though. <laughs> well, maybe to the extent that you're doing it now, but exactly. it doesn't strike me as something you're but, ever you know, going to give up completely. My wife kind of always kind of chuckled because I'd go in a restaurant and I'd say, you know, that there was a restaurant one time had helium tank and for blow balloons. And I said, you know, that tank's not restrained. I have to say something to them. <laughs> or the, the exit light over there is out, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm constantly looking around and I, totally and, get and, it. And I want to share with people too. I live in a state of paranoia constantly. <laughs> now, since people are out to get me, it's not really paranoia. I think, you know, if it's true, but so what about you, man? You travel all the time. You're out there demonstrating one of the things that you and I, that I know about you. Well, <laughs> okay. We won't go down that road, but <laughs> there are a lot of things that I know about you, but one of them is that um, you must be fearless, man, because I can remember when you were out training um, the wind turbine guys, how to evacuate off of the motor of a wind turbine yep. if they had a fire or something. So you were out there demonstrating those controlled descent devices or that these guys would use to get out of those turbines oh yeah and i've been in a turbine once opened the hatch wet myself crawled back down (laughs) cried in my car and then drove home but you're actually throwing yourself out of these things yeah to demonstrate these descent devices describe that for me were you a paratrooper in the military i mean were you yeah i'm airborne air assault okay and first of all you know (laughs) uh is you know my heart breaks and thoughts and prayers go out to the uh um, soldiers that just perished down there at Fort Campbell. Yeah. So Fort Campbell is where I went through air assault school. And so that's where, and when you're on a nacelle, it's really controlled when you have a, a, a jump master that's six foot six and twice your size saying jump, you just go. <laughs> you jump, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> and, and, no doubt. And so, um, but no, it, it, one of the things, I like heights. So they don't bother you, obviously. They don't bother me. Everybody gets that a little bit uh, Virgo here and there. But uh, actually, my highest climb is here in Omaha, out there on 72nd with one of the towers out there. Mm. Uh, oh, up north? Yeah, about 1,500. Oh, you're making me nauseous just thinking about <laughs> it, man. But the controlled descent, what's so funny is we actually work with a group, uh, uh, Clipper Wind. They're no longer – they were out of Cedar Rapids. They were building the nacelles there. And uh, – we actually went out to Wyoming to do some training and uh, is they were all like, well, you're the sales guy. You're the trainer. You go first. You know, I went and what were you coming? What you were like dropping off of? Uh, off the nacelle. The nacelle's the top. The wind turbine. The, yep. The, okay. Gotcha. And, okay. and so um, Florida Power and Light's the one who really kind of wrote the specs on uh, rescue. And so if somebody's in a nacelle, you cannot take them down like you, like you said you went yourself and went down the ladder. You can't. Yeah, but you cannot because it's stagnated and in a rescue. Mm-hmm. And also if the weather's coming, like with the high winds or something, mm-hmm. and you have to get out of there quick or a fire breaks out because those can burn down very quickly. Mm-hmm. They have, We have anchor points there you connect on, and the descent vi- devices will drop you anywhere from two to four feet per second. And so you just connect, and it's a controlled descent. A, and how high are you? How high are those? 325 feet. 325. Yeah. So are you getting this, Cam? So 325 feet up on a wind turbine, <clears throat> he connects himself, hopefully, yep. to the descent device and just steps out into nothing. Yeah, just kind of rappel back, you know. And then it just lowers you to the ground. Let go and it just takes you down. And in a rescue. Do you ever have to check to make sure there's 325 feet of cable in that thing or? 
it's always best. What if they're two seventy five? I mean, well, you know, that guy that's watching the uh, not, not, Super Bowl while he's knock on wood. I haven't had that, <laughs> okay, but you know, the, I know a lot of uh, wind people, and uh, you know, I've done the those controlled descents. There are the guys that will actually use our equipment that they're the I call them blade runners, but they're the repair guys, mm-hmm. and. They actually come out the nose cone uh, of these uh, nacelles, and then they slide down. And if lightning strikes or wind damages it, because most of those blades are like a balsa wood, mm-hmm. and they all actually go out there and do repairs while they're hanging. Uh, so they can stop it somehow. Oh yeah. So they, just like a window washer, almost you can just descend and then stop work, descend, yep. and then they have to go all the way. To, can they go back up? Yep. The, well, like with the they unit, have a retrieval op- option or with the unit that we uh, give them. We actually can use they, they'll carry a drill with them they can actually put that drill in there and raise them and then raise up. themselves oh my god yeah. man and so and we use them in confined space but uh for like a wind turbine uh when they come over and actually um in the wind industry if you would have a heart attack or we have to do a rescue i can't just connect you and throw you over the side and let you go down <laughs> i you actually have to have <laughs> thank that, you you have to have a uh a, a rescuer or attendee you have, to have with a you. plan certainly yeah well so it's too so <laughs> I would go down with you. Okay. And so it's usually two people going down. So it, it's capable of suspending a thousand pounds or yeah, whatever that. It's load. like six hundred and sixty pounds, I think, is what uh, ours is rated at. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not fall protection, but it's designed for two workers. Right. It's not arresting a fall. Yep. It just slowly makes that yep. descent. And they make them anywhere from uh, three three hundred twenty-five, you know, three four hundred feet long up to. Uh, 16, 1700 feet long. Wow. So for coming off a tower or something, tower, maybe, or? Yep. Sounds, yep. Sounds better than bungee jumping. No, oh, that too. Have you done that? <laughs> no, no, I don't do I, those things. I'm, man. I'm a safety guy and I don't want to put myself at risk. I totally agree. I, yeah. uh, none of those things appeal to me. No, I'd be the one that the thing would break, right? It now. would be the yeah, time. Exactly. One in a million. That's me. Yep. Exactly. I can't win the lottery, but damn it. I can pick the one <laughs> exactly. thing that breaks. It. Yep. Yep. That's interesting, man. Yeah. So this fall protection thing is okay for you you don't i found a niche i like yeah that's really inc- that's cool yep that's really cool yep. yeah again uh nobody likes wearing fall protection but uh we know every night and as safety people i want to go home and sleep and like the manufacturer i work for i know we put every, our users best interest ahead of mm-hmm. everything else and uh but i've always liked tights and Love the equipment. I've been involved in helping design some of it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not an engineer, but well, I'm an idea guy. You're a, you're a user. I'm a user. You know and works. And uh, uh, one of our engineers worked for a few other manufacturers, just a brilliant mind. And I call him up and I'm, what about this and what about that? He goes, I make that work. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then again, we have a bunch of great engineers at Faltech. And we, with having our own facility where we manufacture and tool stuff yeah. that we're able to uh, – create new products out there well that that brings us to an interesting point because i know a lot i work with a lot of companies that have done an evaluation of a hazard and how are they going to control that if it's a fall hazard we've we've done our evaluation of course this was in 1997 they've done their evaluation we've come to the realize we we believe there's no feasible abatement for this and so we just let our guys run around up there whatever um the product lines change all the time yep. based on a need that's been identified. So if you have fall protection challenges in your work environment and you've done an assessment 10, 15 years ago, don't rest on that because there is a product that will 
typically work for you now, right? I mean, this is always changing. Well, what's funny is when we go into a client, everybody thinks, well, we're there to sell fall protection. Right. You know, there's a hierarchy of fall protection. If we can engineer out the hazard itself, sure. you know, put guardrails up, um, let's do that. And I, I've walked away from many accounts and they're like, so you don't want to sell us uh, fall protection? <laughs> I can. Uh, I'll take, I'm here to take a PO right now. Let's mm-hmm. go. But no, it, again, it's keeping our workers safe. But if it's not the right solution, it's not why the right would solution. I? Solution exactly. Yeah. And, and there are in fall protection. It's not a, always just off the shelf. So the that and a lot of our products are created by our, our end users because mm-hmm. of that need. And just kind of one of the case in points is with this new standard, we for many many years every manufacturer has tried to create a web that would meet the new standard especially so that cable when it has to go across that blade Mm -hmm. uh so with the webbing everybody's tried dyneema and some other uh mixtures the cut resistant fibers and And we were we're actually the first one to successfully do that and so we don't call it a web it's a synthetic cable okay but it's got 12 strands of kevlar through there Mm -hmm. wrapped in a dyneema webbing with kevlar stitching but and it's actually three times lighter than a three sixteenths cable. Wow. And um and that's, that's interesting. And so it's the first and but it's about four and a half to four and a half to six pounds, depending on the manufacturer we're competing against, versus a steel cable. Mm-hmm. And when you a lot of people wonder why if you look at ANSI standards, it says one thirty to three ten. That's what the ANSI standard test criteria has been. They haven't changed that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at our harnesses and a lot of our retractables now, they'll say 420 and 425. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, OSHA, if they come on, they don't follow the ANSI. They they say, go to the manufacturer. Well, you can take, if you look at some of our iron workers out there, especially, they can be 275 to 300 pounds, uh, big, beefy people. Guys. Then they put 100 pounds Plus of tools, put 100 pounds of bolts and mm-hmm. uh, spud wrenches and all that on them. They're close to that 400 pounds right away. And so it's not out of the common to have that. Right. And so, but with this new synthetic cable, uh, we're able to take four, four and a half pounds out. And every ounce you can take off yeah. of them gives them more longevity right. in, the, in the job yeah. that they're doing. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things about you, we talked about going into plants, all the job sites I get to visit, I always learn something. And my respect for the workers doing what they're doing whether it be at a slaughtering plant um, or building a bridge or like when we did um, the first national down mm-hmm. there. That's uh, our, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. And, you know, one of our good friends that, you know, God rest his soul, uh, David mm-hmm. soul, David, yeah. uh, great friend of mine. Um, but, you know, you always learn something mm-hmm. and, uh, but the people that have to wear this equipment, nobody likes to wear it. And so, as a manufacturer, our mission and our, our end goal is to make it as light as possible. Yeah. But we, we in the... Well, they have certainly come a long way. The harnesses themselves are oh, yeah. much more comfortable. Yeah. They're padded. They flex. They move. That stuff that we used to use back in the 80s and 90s was just rigid and uncomfortable and unpleasant. So... And then, I if mean, you, and then if you fell, you actually had some injuries. Yeah, it but hurt. you didn't. Yeah. But you didn't die. You didn't die. Okay, great. Yeah, I've broken my back, but yeah. I didn't die. Exactly. But so I, you talk about people don't like wearing it. I get people just don't like complying with anything, truthfully. Right. But the equipment is so much better now, yep. so much more comfortable. 
lighter, more versatile. So I don't know that they hate it as much as you. As they just don't like you, probably. As well. Oh no, <laughs> no, just like John. He's like Rob. That was a great presentation. I still don't want to wear this. Right, I'm not wearing that shit. But I, but yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I think that's just to some degree human nature. Just our little inherent recalcitrance, man. We don't want to follow rules or whatever. But as you said, nobody that's ever fallen and been saved by a fall protection system has complained about it. No. You know, I mean, and that, and that's not a terribly unusual occurrence. Yeah. It happens. Yep. And I think guys get saved so much more often now than they used to that, you, I mean, the industry well, and the yeah. safety professionals yeah. that are promoting this stuff. And you don't hear about the guy that fell in the, the restraint system saved him. You hear about the guy that fell and fell to his death exactly or got seriously right. injured. Exactly. That's exactly right. So. Yeah, it's really come a long way, man. Yeah, we tell all of our clients, um, we want to know if there's a fall, let us know. And uh, we want we want their story. Uh, Absolutely. You know, what was it like? 99% of the time is I was working, I was hanging. You know, what happened in between? Well, it was that quick. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that's how we improve on things and what can right. we do differently and Again, it's no different than any other piece of safety equipment, but right. uh, other than this, one fall could be it. Right. And for guys, uh, when we were created, our uh, center of gravity is our shoulders and our heads. People don't understand that. <laughs> and right. uh, we're, we're human darts. Yes. And well, the other thing to, that I learned, too, is the the industry now is making devices that accommodate a, a woman's body too. Yes. And before we put them in the same thing as mm-hmm. we had, it was like, yeah. So, so funny you say that uh, we actually have a new harness that's designed for women and the workforce in the construction trade, especially, and in some of our facilities had a lot, there's a big influx of ladies coming in there. Mm-hmm. And when I say that uh, I'm talking about women that, turn wrenches and especially right. in the iron workers. And so we actually did a study with over 200 women and uh, from the women in construction, the women in tower, which is Nate, mm-hmm. the national Nate, association yep. of tower rectors. Um, and again, being guys, we think, you know, crossover harnesses. We think, you know, they want them in pink. Oh no. They, <laughs> they want that harness to look just like everybody else. Right. And they, and there's just a few small details that we changed and believe it or not, I have many men wearing what we call the women's harness and there, and you can look at it and you can't tell the difference, but mm-hmm. it, it just fits a little bit differently. Perhaps it, or it, it adjusts is, a little bit differently. It's maybe. really uh, designed and influenced for the ladies mm-hmm. in the workforce. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I have to be honest. I really appreciate when I roll onto sites now and I see a little bit more gender diversity and I don't want to be that guy, mm-hmm. but I mean, I just like, you know, I mean, these are jobs that traditionally were not necessarily attractive to women, but they're great jobs, great paying jobs. They're fulfilling jobs, you, feel, you know, accomplishment type jobs, you know, not like what I do, walk around and say, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. You know, there's not quite as much, you know, but I think that's terrific that the industries that support these people are accommodating their, yep. their individual needs. And that's right. really important. Yep. I have really enjoyed this. And uh, it's not just. It's just coffee, I swear. So, you know, and so when you guys contacted me about doing some promotions for the ASSP, I am a true believer in networking and humility, knowing that I know that I don't know things and having a network of people 
like the two of you that I can call and will probably right afterwards for help is, I mean, it's just, it's so critical to what we do. Yes. Knowing that you don't know everything, but knowing who to call is everything in this business. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thrilled that we're having the ASP, ASSP on. I hope everybody, if you don't join today, I hope you at least go to the website, which is Great Plains, all one word, all spelled out, uh, dot ASSP.org. Dot org. Go to the website. Check it out. It's a fantastic website. Lots of information. Great people. There are pictures of all the officers. I count many of them as my friends, which I appreciate. And I hope that um, I hope that I see somebody at a meeting in the near yeah, future, yeah. myself included. I, we'd, we'd love to have you again because, again, we can learn from you, even though you're old, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can, you have something to some knowledge to impart. So. Yeah, if I, I can. Occasionally, I'm lucid <laughs> enough to share some, you know, some of my experiences or something. Yeah. But I think this is fantastic. Um, I appreciate both of you taking the time to be here. I know you're off to somewhere. Got somewhere to go, somewhere exciting. Did you notice this tan? I don't know did, if anybody's still there. shovel snow in Duluth again? No, I'm going the other way. <laughs> You're going. <laughs> My yeah. sister's getting married. I'm. Uh, uh, 12, Are you leaving today? No, in 12, April 12th. Oh, you got a couple days. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, we're going down to Mexico. I haven't taken a vacation for a few years, so we're going down there. Oh. So how, how did you get your tan so far then? Huh? Well, I'm funny that. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing some pre-tanning, some well, preparation. For I was this. down in Orlando, oh. and I had to go down there for the National Association of Tower Records. Oh, tough, yeah. and, tough work. And yeah. it was 80-some degrees, and I got down there, got set up. I was like, hmm. I was down there by myself. I didn't have a big group w working with me. So I was like, I'm going golfing. I'm Went going out, golfing. Teed yeah. them up. Do you travel it, with your clubs then, or do you just, like, rent clubs at the course? Or? Down there I rented, in like Mexico. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people will call me, hey, I need – to have you come out and do this job site. And I was like, okay, well, we need samples or we need this. I got my golf clubs with me. I'll send you samples. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> right. No doubt. They'll come in the mail. The golf clubs yeah, stay with yeah, me. Exactly. I'm not letting those out of my sight. Oh, I love that. And yeah. I, I look forward to one day retiring and coming to work with you. Cause it, other than that, jumping out of the turbine thing, it's, all, it's awesome. all or nothing. Yeah. You oh, have really? to do it once. Oh, you have to do it. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> I'm coming to work with you yeah. in retirement. Gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time. I sincerely appreciate it. It's been fun. Yes. Um, ASSP, check it out. Go to the website. Um, call one of the members. C come to a meeting. Uh, come to a meeting and sit in on a meeting and see if you like it. Meet some people and then decide. I don't care how you do it. But I think our goal yeah. is to increase membership by 50%, 100%. You know, if we can do a couple, that would be great. But if we can get get some more people involved to help help better them and help improve the job safety in, in their environment. I think Ultimately, that's yeah. the goal, right? Yep. John, Rob, thank you guys. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Um, rest a little bit if, if you have that opportunity, and then get back at it next week. The mission is worth doing, so keep it up, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. A Huda Media Production.